Hello and welcome to Watch This Space, brought to you by the Young Horologists. I'm joined here with my good friend and fellow runner of the blog, Mr. Callum Moore. How are you doing? Very well, thank you, Felix. Very well indeed. Very well. How are you? I'm excited. I'm quite excited this, as this, well. This, this, is a big, this is a big step. This is. This is. Very big step. Full of our five listeners, this is a big step. This is yeah, quite exciting. I mean, four of which are going to be our parents. So, <laughs> hello mum, hello dad. Nice for you to be listening. <laughs> Precisely. So, we decided, having tried and, I'd say failed at YouTube. We only we thought, tried once, mine, so. Yeah, it wasn't much of an attempt, but it didn't go particularly well. This is easier because you can listen instead of look at it. That's that's the yeah. that's the thing. We are targeting the people who, I say the people, everyone who gets the tube to work every day. Correct. Yeah. You know, put this podcast in and enjoy yourself. We're coming for you, Joe Rogan. We're coming for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. What is. Watch out! Watch out! Watch. No pun intended. Ah. Nice. Like it. Like <laughs> it. Like it. Yeah, I suppose we just thought that actually this is easier for us because basically all we do all day anyway is talk about watches over WhatsApp. I don't so even like Felix. Not? I generally don't even like him. I just like talking about watches. That's that's not really. I mean, the problem I have, I can't really even understand you. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. He says the odd Amiga or Seiko. I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. You listen for the brand names and then, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I suppose like all of the, this is quite cliche, but all of the other watch podcasts, they start off with a wristwatch check. So, mm. Mm. Mr. Moore. What I am, earth are you wearing? I'm wearing something quite exciting. So the vintage 1952, I reckon it is. 1952 Amiga Seamaster. That is currently on sale on our website. I am wearing it right now. I'm not damaging it. I'm looking after it very well. Basically, it was serviced by our good friends at Antique Watches UK. Shout out to John. Good bloke. Absolutely. Very good bloke. friend of ours. Um, it's all... It's all service, you have a year warranty, it's all ready to go. It has, I mean, we're talking original Seamaster case, i.e. the one that was launched in 1948, mm-hmm. and ran until the 1960s. It's got a wonderful dial that was originally white at some point, and it's now turned yeah. what I'd describe as a, a, a goldy eggshell. That's yeah, I, yeah, I think so. If yeah. you were an extra, extra chicken, You'd come out in a gold eggshell. Yeah, well. yeah, exactly. And yeah, this yeah. is the dial. That if you're I like the Kylie Jenner of the chicken world, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd come out in this goldy eggshell, um, and that's what it is. Uh, and I'm wearing it. It's absolutely wonderful. Nice 38 mil case, on polished stainless steel. It's got the nice turn logs. Oh, it's lovely. Wonderful. wonderful. It's gorgeous. It's what gorgeous. about you, Felix? What's you? So I am. This will surprise the listeners if they're regular followers of the Instagram. I'm not wearing my Samariner. That is surprising. <laughs> Madness. I am shocked. I know. I am... Funnily enough, I do own other watches. The condition of the bracelet on that submarine, <laughs> you would think it probably isn't. I think to say that I've worn it heavily would be an understatement. I think guys who fought in Vietnam, uh, Vietnam wearing the 5513s probably didn't wear it as much as you wore it. The problem I find, right, is that I don't wear it for anything intensive. The problem is I just wear it to work two or three times a week and... Desk diving. That's the thing. I, I don't like... If I'm wearing a watch to work, I want to wear the watch at work. I don't want to take it off and put it on the desk. So, naturally, when you're typing away at work at a keyboard, you are catching your wrist on the desk. And mine has, as a result, got beaten to hell 
because of that. And admittedly, it does look awful, but I'm like, you know what? It doesn't look awful, though. It doesn't look awful. It, it looks doesn't. worn. And actually, like it's been used. That's the thing. I'm not the sort of person who's going to get a nice watch and baby it. Yeah. I'm going to wear it because that's the whole point. Unless it's a 5004. In this case, you probably will baby Then it's going to sit yeah. in a display case and never be worn, ever. Apart from like weddings or something. That's... Yeah, or at home when you're in your slippers. Yeah. So I'm actually the wearing. Time to wear it. Sorry? The safest time to wear it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. So I'm actually wearing a recent acquisition. It's a vintage Seiko 6020-8040, I think. It's somewhere between 1960 and 1969 on its original bracelet, which was a... That was a big... That was a big reason why I bought it. it, it it's lovely. It's, um, it's a turtle-style case. This lovely sort of silvery-ish... Um, sunburst sort of dial um, simple 36-ish millimetre case but it wears bigger because of the turtle case um, yeah just simple you vintage Seiko is the original bracelet the original bracelet is you a big deal you don't find vintage Seikos on original bracelet it's mad I think I was one of the lucky people who managed to find an eBay listing where the guy didn't fully appreciate what he was selling because I paid £60 for this and if I was to try and buy the bracelet alone for a, the period, it would be more than that yeah. on its own. Yeah. It was one of those very lucky eBay finds. Um, manual wind, simple dial, date. Yeah, love don't it. Don't go wrong with Seiko movements. Love don't it. go wrong. Looks quite like some old IWCs that I've seen around. Oh, uh, the uh, Tonyu case. Yeah, I can't uh, think what they're called. Yacht, yeah. uh, Yacht Club, Yacht Club. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Club Master or something. But, yeah. TNA sells them for like seven grand. Yeah, when they're worth like two. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, fifteen hundred. <laughs> if you can, if you can get away with it, fair enough. Why like it, he is, not, he is clearly it. milking that whole, yeah. not naivety, but he knows that he can mm. get away with mm. probably more profit margin than he should be. And I'm like, crack on, son. Crack on. Look, we would do we, we would do exactly the same thing. No, we wouldn't, Felix. We'd sell at a reasonable <laughs> price. <laughs> The lowest prices around, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't take the piss as much. Granted. But yeah. Marketing, that's what it is. Marketing budget. Exactly, exactly. That's what it is. Exactly. So, we thought, first episode, mm. there's a quite big watch fair coming up in the next month or so. We all know what it is. What is it, Cam? It is Basel World 2019. It is. The biggest trade fair... I think of the year. I prefer Basel to SIHH. I think more of the mainstream brands come through Basel. I think that's probably where the difference comes. Yeah. SIH, you're going to see the more niche, more nerdy brands. It's more horology, yeah. isn't it? And then Basel, you're getting like the Amigas and all those Rolex and all those kind of Yeah, boys. Tudor and Longines yeah. and Norris and yeah. Which is where I think probably most of the surprises come from. SIHH, you see. AP releasing some crazy stuff that was like, oh, that's amazing, but they've only made it in five pieces. Whereas Basil, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. this is our production models. So I think that's probably where the... Yeah, I think at SIHH, it's more that the brands are releasing crazy models to make a scene, whereas at Basil, brands release crazy stuff because they want people to actually buy it and they yeah. know that they are doing what the consumers want to see. And they're selling it as well. 
Exactly. Yeah, not it's, crazy they don't necessarily edition. sell. The, it, it's like boutique editions and stuff, isn't it? So. Yeah, 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 completely. Um, completely. So, in that vein, we thought we would... I mean, we originally decided that we would th- sit down outside of the podcast and think about three predictions that we want to see at Baselworld each, and then in this podcast mm-hmm. we would talk about them. Mm-hmm. But neither of us have done that. No. We, at all. We drank lots of beers instead. <laughs> yeah, we decided to spend our time drinking free alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And actually, as it turns out, I think that was a much better use of our time. It's, it's, it's lubrication for the mind in the, in the larynx. And also, this is the first podcast. We were nervous. We yeah. thought, you know what? Let's loosen ourselves up, wet the whistle. Yeah. I was crying last night. I was so nervous I was crying. Mate, I didn't even sleep. Yeah. I sat in bed, <laughs> hugging my knees, shaking. I was like, we can't let down the fans, four of which are our parents, and one of which is Ilkai, who was the other person who does the blog. I was like, I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't. It's just too much pressure. It's so much pressure. What about the fans? <laughs> so instead, we're going to off the cuff, uh, loosely discuss yeah, yeah. what we think is going to be released and what might be discontinued because the big brand who have been rumoured to discontinue a lot of stuff is Rolex. Because mm. every year they seem to decide that very popular models people for some reason don't want anymore and just get rid of them. I never fully understand why brands do this. So one that comes to mind is the Seiko Saab. Oh. Why they actually... Obviously, I know the product line of Seiko is so vast that discontinuing one model isn't that big a deal. But still, you can't think... If they're still making money off these, why, why would they discontinue them? And that begs the question, why would Rolex discontinue any of the stuff that they've discontinued in the last few years? So uh, last year, they yeah. discontinued... What they discontinued last year, it was... They just didn't want them. It wasn't the Batman. What did they? Uh, the old star was it? It wasn't the old style GMT. Because then they released the new. No, what was it? It was the steel bezel Daytonas. They discontinued, wasn't it? And yes, it was. The ceramic. They did exactly. The year um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think. I need. Yeah. I swear they discontinued something quite serious last year. Yeah, they did. They did. I am. It was the Batman. I swear it was not Basil, but it was after Basil. They discontinued the Batman. I think you're right. Somewhere in between Basil of last year and SAHH of beginning of this year, they discontinued. They discontinued. Of course they did, because that's why our good friend Adrian Bark and Jack on YouTube. That's why he bought a Batman as a safe queen. Because he knew that it was were, wrong of them yeah. to discontinue it yeah. and knew that people were still going to want it because Rolex were crazy to discontinue it. The, the so great what? market prices were already going up oh, because like, the waiting list for them was so long. That's the thing. Why, why, why do they... I mean, Because the thing is, they don't benefit off the massive increase in price that it will see when it gets discontinued. No. When they keep producing it in low model numbers... Again, they're still not making the money off it because it's going to ADs at retail price. Exactly. And the ADs are making all I don't quite understand. Look, I know Rolex is a listed charity, so they don't give a fuck because they're like, <laughs> yeah. they pay charity. Well, I still taxes. love that. Like, it's, like, how is that allowed? Like, the Panama Papers are out, people. Let's try. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I still don't fully understand why brands like that would discontinue such massively popular models. But then again, I'm not the CEO of Rolex, so I can't. Well. I wish. I no, I know what you mean. I mean, it does see. I mean, I. 
that's the thing. If they were to discontinue, I mean, that's the thing, right? They they have never discontinued as far as I know. They just discontinue that, mate. Oh, <laughs> get rid of it. Get rid of that. <laughs> shit. Right. Who who is actually? I say that. I a colleague of mine at work owns a forty-one millimeter day just. I know someone as well. And I think it's probably quite popular. <laughs> I think it's it is popular, but it's popular with people who don't understand. Yeah. The nerds. Well, they're not the nerds, and they're not the nerds that understand how fantastic a 36mm Datejust is. The thing that annoys me is that actually, as far as I know, and people who are listening or us later might correct ourselves, I don't think Relics have ever discontinued or stopped producing any of the watches in the Cellini line, which really no one even knows about. Has that been a consistent model? So they like yeah, started so, doing that again a couple of years ago. So, so there are there are quite a few models within the Cellini within the Cellini line. It's hard to say. Cellini. Yeah, maybe if I do the the Italian yeah, the Italian fingers. For those who can't see right now, it's a Italian fingers. Yeah, exactly. Cellini. Yeah, Cellini. Um, they have a number of models. They've got some that are just appalling. Like they've got one that um, uh, Amsterdam vintage watches. I don't know if you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did a YouTube video a while ago about the the top 10 worst Rolex models, in their opinion. Skydweller... No, sorry, Yachtmaster 2 was one of them, which I am inclined to agree with, with the Yachtmaster on the bezel. I'd never wear it, but yeah. And one of them was... If, if, If I was in Mykonos, in a nightclub... That was on the beach. I'd probably wear your master. What over a Richard Mille, if money was yeah. no object? Yeah. Really? Yeah, probably. Or a probably would over a Richard Mille. Yeah, sure. Because I'd rather shot twenty grand on a yacht master than. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, but Mille. take money out of the equation. Money is no object. Of Richard Mille, is he waterproof? Apart from the diving one. I mean, I assume they probably are. But I mean, if you're paying that much money, you know they are. And you're buying a ceramic watch on a rubber strap. You would like to think you would the like least think. they could do is give you at least 200 metres water resistance. Have you seen Dan Bilzerian swimming with his Richard Mille? That's the question. So I've seen him swimming with his AP divers. I've seen him posing on a yacht with many half-naked women with his Richard Mille on. I've never seen him enter the water. Mm. Well, to be fair, if his elbow's deep, then it better be waterproof. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which he is... Most of the time, yeah, I think, time, by the yeah. looks of it. Most of the time. Um, He's got big forearms. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know if it, I can't remember who it was. Uh, watches and Pencil, you know, the chap on Instagram who does the ske- the yeah, 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 illustrations yeah, yeah. of watches. Yeah, yeah. He did one. I'll try and find it. It was, um, I think he captioned it, like, it was the three stages of a watch wearer. And it was, like, the guy who wears it too loose. And it, it basically, the, the photo was three forearms facing down and one of them was the guy who wears it too tight and he did the like bulging hands yeah, yeah. it's too tight and then the guy too loose and it was hanging off and then he did a gynecologist and the watch was like up at his, <laughs> up at his elbow that's, <laughs> that's, good, like, that's good banter quality, yeah. quality. That's good banter, yeah. um, I know people on both sides of that spectrum so my uncle for example wears a uh, Amiga Seamaster from like the mid, like the Pierce Brosnan age. It's oh, so like nine, what wave dial? Like no 19, wave dial, wave dial. Yeah, mid nineties, mid nineties. Yeah. yeah, I reckon, birth year kind of my okay. area. Yeah, yeah. Still mechanical, mm-hmm. cool enough watch. He he was one of those guys who was it time like oh, I'm going to buy it. This is really cool. I'm going to wear it every single day for the rest of my life. He got really fat in the 
like the years that preceded that. Yeah, of course. And when you see it, his like arm fat is kind of at the same level the bezel is, <laughs> his hand fat is. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, is that not uncomfortable? Like, does that not hurt? Yeah, just buy a couple of extra links. Yeah. Right? How hard would it be? The Amiga 6, because I, I bought one, the Amiga Seamaster links are like 35 quid or something. Just <laughs> buy not, two links. Yeah, exactly, just buy some links. But like, how hard would it be? I think you're probably trying to hold on to the fact that you're slim. I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, it's probably denial more than uncomfort. The pain, like, look. the pain of denial is less than the pain of accepting <laughs> yeah, yeah. that your arm's got I fat. Think you're, I think yeah. you're probably right. But then I also know people, and it's usually like older guys wearing date joss on Jubilee bracelets. Yeah. And they're swinging around. To those, you know when you oh. see it with the, like, it's on your, the inside of your wrist? Yeah, it's yeah. swinging about. And I get with the gold point, the watch is physically worth more due to the number of gold links there are. And I yeah. kind of get that. I feel that's a rapper thing. The more oh, yeah. gold links Definitely. there are, the more value it is, therefore the looser it is, the more value it is. I feel that's yeah. where it's it... basically a street cred thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. if I get rid of the links that it would take for the watch to fit me well... I'd lose 10 grand. Like, yeah. I'm just keeping links that I can't sell on or use that are worth however many thousands. Because the thing is, they're not going to be sat in a meeting or in an office if it's swinging about because they'd be a pain in the ass. Well, exactly. They will probably take it off and sit it on the desk. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And look at it and go, yeah. 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 But they're... Although that would annoy me. Like, imagine turning your wrist over, look at the time, and you're like, oh, I'm just looking at my clasp. Yeah. My, like, don't get it. Yeah. Unless it's a Nautilus, like a ridiculous amount of links, you'd be like, ha, nice. I mean, it would get to the point where it would could be any watch over a certain price value, and I'd be like, I wouldn't, like, genuinely, I, if I had a Nautilus right now, I wouldn't even care about it telling the right time. I'd be like, look, I've got a fucking Nautilus. I've, that's it. I've got an Nautilus. <laughs> Could be broken. Yeah, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I'd be like, yeah. That's where, that's where you and I differ. For me, it was always the mechanics of the things that impressed me. So it was always the really cool. Like, you know that um, uh, Haybrink? Oh, I know. They are. Like, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a true yeah. second... Beat thing. Yeah, um, dead beat seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead beat seconds. Uh, yeah. You're looking, you're like, well, it looks like a quartz everyone else, but then you flick it over, and you're like, oh, ooh, like, you know what? The How mechan- do you even do that? The How mechanics do you- of doing that in a, a automatic movement to get it to be dead beat seconds, I, I, that I, I, is just... I generally don't know how you do that. It's a different, that's a different level. Yeah, I don't know how that works. You'd have to have some kind of mechanic that would stop the continuous... Beating of the of the of the of the of the hairpin, hairpin Yeah, hair you'd, have have, you'd have to have you'd have to you'd have to have teeth on. That stops I don't it. Even I just know, I yeah. don't know. But as you know, face, I built a watch, and I don't know how. I don't know how that oh. works. I don't know if that came up on the eBay auction, but uh, one of the watches that I, I can't even I mention. You can't, it. You, I can't, you, can't mention it. you can't say it. you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> one of the watches that I've been watching for no reason is uh, finishing soon. On we're, eBay? We're, we're, how long are we saying suit? How long suit? 15 minutes. God. Fair I won't be getting on minutes. it now. No, no, it's fine. No, we can do it now. We can, we can have like a live stream of you bidding on it. At 14 minutes. Well, no, 15. because actually it's one of the ones that I'm not considering because oh, of the uh, dial material. Oh, uh, okay. We'll okay. leave it at that. Yeah, okay, fine, fine. But no, just a caveat. I say that I would own a Nautilus and not care about it telling the right time. I completely would because it really pisses me off when... So, in the article I put up today, one of the watches I spoke about was the tank 
and I said that Andy Warhol, who was one of the big famous people along with Muhammad Ali and Jackie Kennedy, etc., who wore a tank, he said that he never cared about his tank telling the right time because for him it was such a design icon that that's why he wore it. I don't know about you, I could never put a watch on in the morning and then proceed to not give a fuck about the time. No, I do. Because for me, fundamentally, more than my appreciation of it as a, as a, you know, as a piece of mechanical engineering, the reason I, one of the reasons I wear a watch is because I'd rather check the time on my watch than pull my phone out. I could never turn my wrist and look at it and go, actually, that's telling the time four hours before it is now, and the date's saying three weeks ago. I couldn't do it. No, I, I can, that's why I was making the point with you in the North. I, I just like the fact that it's a piece of machinery on your wrist. Yeah. That is so dedicated mm. to the cause of telling time that once you'll sit there on your laptop or having a piss or having a shit, whatever it is, yeah. it's, it's over. Yeah. It's like your heart. Yeah, yeah, it it's, is. It's just always there. It's just always there, supporting you. Mm. And then you can be like, What's that? oh, there it is. You exactly. know, it's not like I look it's at dependable. a laptop screen every day or something else, but, you know, I'm, I'm walking to a meeting, so I'm like, oh, God, what time is it? There it is. Yeah. Or I'm in bed. I rarely take my watches off, to be fair. I choose a watch for about three days, wear it in bed, like my girlfriend will, will back that up. I will wear it in bed. Do you sleep with your watches on? As in, do you wear Physi- them? Physically on, yeah. yeah, 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 so yeah. Do you? Well, it depends. There's two facts it depends on. One, how drunk you are. That tends to be... Oh, of course. I'll fall asleep. There's a caveat. Yeah, if, that's, if, that's, you are, if you are absolutely battered... I'll fall asleep with the watch. Yeah, I will yeah. fall asleep with my loafers on, in yeah. bed, tucked up. Like, I've fallen asleep fully dressed in my suit, on my sofa, <laughs> once, once a week, I'd say. But uh, there are other times where... Of course. I've got, I've got my watch box uh, by my bed, and uh, there's people who want to mug me. Um, I live in Edinburgh right now. Um, but um, you know, I have my watch box there and what I usually do is before I go to bed I'll choose what watch I want to wear for the next few days that tends to be what it is and I'll factor in whether I'm going out whether I'm playing rugby or something and you know like factor that in yeah so it would be usually, a DVD Seiko if you're doing either of those two things correct absolutely correct I wear, I wear the Saab out quite a lot because although I love it to pieces I like the fact that people from a distance think of wearing an Explorer on a night out and then nerds at the bar with like that's a Saab, isn't it? And I'm like, it is my friend. And also, it's a... If I lose it, it won't be the end of it. Like, if I lost my Seamaster, I'd, I'd be in a bad condition. If I, I lost a Saab... Would, yeah, I'd, you'd I'd, die I'd, from choking on your tears. Yeah, That's yeah, probably, yeah. I'd drown in my own tears, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. But um, with the Saab, it's a great watch, but if, if, if I ding it or if I lose it, you know, I'd be annoyed, obviously, hmm. but I'd probably just go on eBay and buy another one. Oh, I think without... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because you bought the white dial. No, black dial, sorry. I bought the black dial. And it wouldn't surprise me, independently of what happens to your black dial, I think you'll buy a white dial. I think dial. I probably will buy a white dial, Felix. I think because I probably will. I'm going to have both. The thing, that, the thing that really pisses me off, and we both know this, is that two, three years ago, you could get a Saab for what? 200, 250? Yeah. If that? Yeah, hundreds, probably. And, you buy them second hand. And we knew at the time that they were nice watches. But it's just annoying that we couldn't predict that as soon as Seiko, for whatever reason, discontinued them, that they would... Like, as I've said to you, I've seen Saabs on eBay 
no, sorry, on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. Brand new, brand new ones, yeah. 600 quid they're going yeah. for. Three times the value. Yeah. I mean, because of I mean, what Seiko... What was the retail? What was the actual Seiko... At the time of them being released? What was it? I, I, I think it was mid-300s, I think. I think it was 325, 350. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Saying that, that seems high, but yeah, maybe it was... I think it was about that. About that, but you can't... But, but then actually, if that is the case, I see them on eBay going for anywhere between three fifty and six hundred. So actually, considering a retail value of three fifty, three hundred ish, that's not. It doesn't. They haven't oversold make, yet. No, correct. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't. It, it doesn't make that grey market value seem that bad. Not Actually, yet. Thinking about it, not, not, not yet. yet. They'll keep on going up. For I said I, the one I bought, I bought in a very median price range, and it was three twenty. And now this one was second hand. Like someone had worn this. This wasn't yeah. perfect mint condition. You someone got a full set there, didn't you? Well, you got brace. I've got. I've, yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, brace. I've got a box. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, the box actually has a sticker on it saying the Saab O three five instead of the O three three. So the bloke clearly are both just mix up the boxes. So that's, that's it. Well, it kind of annoyed me to slide, but I've got, I've got everything else. Um, but I mean, the fact that I'm buying it fairly well worn, and people mm. were bidding against me. This wasn't me just being a dickhead no, no. and buying it. This was a bidding war, mm. and this was a worn second hand one going for pretty much retail. I mean, that's, that shows that it's going in that direction. Yeah, We're not at the point now where you're buying a Hulk that was four grand two years ago and it's now like pretty much ten grand consistent more yeah 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 what a mad box that is it's ridiculous I mean so that's not even discontinued is it or is it, it no it is it no uh, is oh I don't know I've no Hulk, Hulk isn't Kermit is yeah Kermit is obviously yeah, yeah, but, but yeah no Hulk yeah Hulk's not so there's, they're actually producing Hulks each year as far as I know yeah Jesus when and have you ever seen a hole in a Rolex store window? But but see, this is the problem, right? Rolex hold that they, they they make more watches a year than they release to the boutiques. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. like any other Swiss brand, you could walk into a boutique, Amiga. You could walk in to the boutique on Regent Street and buy a Seamaster Blue Dial like yours. You could walk in and walk out with one. You could. There is no way you could walk into Rolex. And walk out with a Submariner. That's like one of their most popular models of all time. It seems it seems kind of cynical, doesn't it? Because that was the original. I mean, not the original. Well, that was the Rolex that kicked them into popularity, probably yeah, yeah. in the seventies, eighties, post James Bond era. Oh yeah, massively. That was the one that got them, and they're cynical enough now to restrict. Uh, distribution so much. On oh yeah, completely. Thing. They're bastards. They hold I mean, back. We're, we're not even talking about the Jubilee Pepsis. Oh, not even talking about <laughs> apparently the Hulks are still being made. I I think if you were to get on the waiting list for a Jubilee Pepsi, you're waiting two years minimum. I mean, that's why you just have a friend in they do. That's that's what you'd have to do. That's the key, isn't it? It's it's get chummy. Maybe the odd hand shandy oh, with an AD just to. Yeah. Just to get just to get in. But for for the listeners here, me and Felix, Felix and I, sorry, were in Burlington Arcade, and we saw in the window there was a Pepsi Jubilee. Uh, we went in and we said to the bloke very politely, obviously Felix talked instead of me. <laughs> said, um, so oh, sorry, so, 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 can we try on the uh, Pepsi in the window? And the guy was like, yes, of course. 
So we came in and the guy got it out and we had a look at it and then he just said, do you remember, he was like, yeah, yeah. oh, you can't actually try it on, but you can look at it. So he physically wouldn't open the clasp to put no. it onto our, and bear in mind, this was like January, December. It wasn't hot, like there wasn't sweaty wrists. No, 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 no. They were cold it, wrists. It was a cold yeah, wrist. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't even let us try it on because of whatever reason. And then I was in the What's Finder boutique in uh, Mayfair, let's say, a month ago. Mm. And I was there with a friend buying a watch. And there was one in the little glass case. And I said, do you mind if I look at that? And the woman said, yeah, of course. Got out, put it on my wrist. I'd, 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 I had a glass of I had a glass of Coca-Cola whilst I was wearing this watch and watching my friend. You're trying on a Pepsi, having a glass of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Criminal. I didn't. I didn't even. Criminal. Didn't even see that one. Yeah, didn't even see that one. No, no, didn't even see it. Yeah, it just. I was probably wearing it for fifteen minutes. Just having a chat. With this nice woman whilst my friend bought a watch. In. Uh, mm. So it's then, a different side, isn't it? But then I, I think, and obviously we we only went into. I can't even remember what shop it was in Burlington Arcade. It was the one on the right. Uh, David's. I, I can picture where it is, but I can't picture what it was called. But it's I'd, one of the big. It was where I tried on that tropical dial six two six three. So it was that same place. If you if you compare it right, the other shop in Burlington Arcade, the Rolex shop, we went in there, and we without hesitation tried on a six two six three. No, yeah, six. It wasn't a Paul Newman dial. It was no, one, it, it was, was a. a it was a Cosmograph with the red Daytona on it. Yeah. But it wasn't I mean, a Paul Newman, what, yeah. Whatever reference it was, that's a six-figure... Yeah, six-figure watch. It's over 100 grand, yeah. yeah. They'd let us try that on without hesitation. Yeah. And that's but got we, a vintage oyster brace on it. That thing can break in a, 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 a gale. Oh, exactly. And then we couldn't walk across and try on a brand-new Tudor mm. for, for... We couldn't even Funny put it on wrist for a second. Snobbery. Snobbery, mate. Snobbery. It might have been on pre-order, maybe. I don't know. Maybe someone's picking up. Well, know. that's the thing. There is a chance that actually all of those, whether they were in boutique or not, all of them were probably already off to someone. They'd been bought by someone yeah. and they were sitting in the boutique Waiting while they were being yeah, held to be picked up. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Right. Shall we get on to the topic of Basel World? We spent 30 minutes talking about bullshit, so yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's do it. It's been very... End- well, <laughs> I, I found it very enjoyable. I found it very enjoyable as well. It will remain to be seen how enjoyable it is for however many people to I think my mum's really been enjoying it, I think, probably, at this point. I mean, <laughs> if my mum's still awake listening to this, That's I will true. be chuffed at this. Not a chance, not a yeah. chance. No, there's, there's, not there's a chance. no way in hell. Not a chance. No. I know um, my girlfriend's not listening to this one. Be like I couldn't pay my girlfriend enough money to listen to this after we post it. Yeah. There's no way. No. There's no way. There'll be a like. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so happy for you guys, but they won't listen to it. I guarantee Beth will go, I will listen to your podcasts if you buy me a Rolex first. So basically, she will never ever listen to one of our podcasts. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Beth, if you're listening to this, I'm joking. Eventually, <laughs> I will buy you a Rolex. I need I'm to bad. buy myself a couple of other watches yeah, I've got yeah. in the pipeline first. And then your time will but come. But she's not as bothered about it. So, it's, you know, it's only fair enough. You know, exactly, you yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, Basel World. As we mentioned at the beginning, we were originally intending to decide before the day we were recording three-ish predictions that we had 
which could include predictions of what brands might discontinue. And the conclusion was that neither of us have done that at all. So we're just going to talk about Basel and what we think is going to happen. We're going to try and narrow it down to three combined. Yeah. We were going to be like, oh, let's do three predictions each. I don't know if that was realistic. I think it would have been if we hadn't been speaking about other watch stuff for 32 and a half minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. Obviously, we'll get more concise as the podcast go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll be far more structured. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking about an interesting prediction because, as we all know, the the Amiga recently, as we had, I think we had predicted on one of the chats we've got that the three two one movement was going to get reintroduced because it was the it was an anniversary, wasn't it? Was it the fiftieth, sixtieth, fiftieth, something of the three two one. And you had an interesting prediction with that re-release in mind, didn't you? So, Felix and I were lucky enough to go to the Amiga Boutique party. We were. Where they did... It was sort of like the unofficial official launch of the 3 to one movement. In At this point, they hadn't actually properly released them into any watch yet. They just announced they released the movement, they were showcasing the movement, it was all very shiny, lovely, jubbly. They did, if you remember, going in there... They had a box with the case with the three to one movement there, and there was a speedmaster next to it. There was, yeah. In yeah. that, one would assume they were whacking the three to one into a speedmaster. Now, they've already done the nineteen fifty seven trilogy last year before last year this year. Uh, year before last year, I reckon. Is that one where it was the rail master, the seamaster, and the yeah, speedmaster in the display case? I think that was the year before. Mm. I reckon it was the year before. I th- yeah, I think you might be right. And they had that, and obviously you could only buy all three at the same time. It wasn't a proper production no. release. And they were all in the same size, so either Speedmaster was like 39mm, the Railmaster was 36 all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You had the Seamaster 300. Now, I reckon you're not going to release, in Amiga's mind, the most famous movement they ever made, in Le Mans's mind, mind also one of the famous yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. without putting it into a watch unless some dickhead like me is going to buy the movement and put it on a NATO and just wear it outside but oh mate genuinely like it would be pretty we, cool. we, we saw those previews of the movement in a in a oh, movement holder case thing yeah, yeah yeah I would wear that on a NATO strap every day and just and just start and stop the chronograph and just see the movement yeah just see it move like see it move. that's all I'd need yeah, genuinely. Lateral clots, yeah. But the but yeah, so I think mm. if they're gonna release that movement, they're not, not going to put it into a watch. No. And if they already have started producing case sizes for modern uh, speedmasters that are in the thirty eight mil case, I feel like maybe that was a research and development project last year that they did on limited run. They've now done movement, so I feel like this year as Amiga and Tag are quite well respected for doing in having their heritage lines. Yeah. I've obviously left out Longitude from that because they released these great heritage mo- uh, watches, but they made them 44 millimeter. Yeah. James Kimball knows what I'm talking about <laughs> because that big eye chronograph was mint. That was outstanding. Oh, it's stu- it's, it is gorgeous. And then it's in a 43 millimeter case, and you're like, why? Why have you done this? If that was in a 37 or th- or even anywhere between 40 and 37 you buy it. 
so I would buy as many as I could afford without getting to the point where I would have to live in a cardboard box yeah. and just store them up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. That agreed, would have been agreed. class. Yeah. But Amiga and Tiger have done a pretty good job in actually releasing these heritage issues mm. in a fairly um, respectful way, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Tiger had the Heritage Carrera series, so the Chronograph and the Calibre 5, which are essentially tasteful reissues of the old Carreras in 36 and 38 mil cases, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Now, I feel like with a movement released earlier this year, the Speedmaster, they're probably going to do that. I'm going to say, I mean, the modern Speedmaster is what, 42 mil, I think, with a chunky case? I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a pretty right. sizable watch these days. I reckon, oh, yeah. I reckon they're going to fly with a 40 mil. I'm not going to say broad arrow hands because they've already done that recently, but I'm going to say a vintage you know, like pre-professional, i.e. moon era yeah. with the, the little sword handy jobs in the mm. white second hand, that with the three to one movement in a 40 mil case, the brakes hasn't changed, so it'll be the same thing. It'll be a clear case back and it's manual wind, obviously. I think that's probably something Amigo are going to do. That's going to be one of my one watch calls for Basil probably going to be wrong I'm going to be disappointed when I am wrong and I'm going to be no. very ecstatic when I am right I, I would I would be shocked if Amiga didn't having released what the 3-2-1 movement three, two, one what else are they going to put in well I mean they're not going to do anything they're not going to put it in like an MK2 or a bullhead like the, they have got to put it in they can put it in a bullhead I mean they it could put be, it in Mark II. <laughs> it they would could be, do all those things <laughs> I mean they to put it in a bullhead, they'd have to. They just rotate it, and they just have the chronograph dials on the other side. Oh yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, it's like when you go on PDFs and you just click rotate clockwise. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that. I mean, they'll be sitting there, won't they, in Switzerland, just going, "Oh yeah, if you just rotate the PDF." <laughs> well, Actually, they're not German, like... are they? Yeah. <laughs> Indian, I don't know. Um, I mean, Swiss they have like just pretty, pretty English accents. Well, yeah, it's like, actually, I was listening to the Hadinky Radio episode today with Chris Granger, who's the CEO of IWC. He basically sounds English, just with a little... Yeah, but sexy something, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, I, I think you're right. I think it would be criminal to not release it in a pre-moon Speedmaster. They've got, they've got to. I think That's what they're going to do. I they've think got they're going to. Do that, yeah. People will, I mean... They know that that's a crowd. That's the biggest crowd pleaser that they could do. I feel like at the moment brands are recognising because you see it all over the place. And you see it because of people like Hadinkin that a lot. The younger generation are getting super into the vintage stuff because it's all yeah. the edgy, standard, shortish way of doing things. The game is yeah. the old school, and then you've still got the same collectors from yesteryear who are mm. also into it. So I feel like the vintage and the vintage-inspired market is probably expanding. And I reckon brands yeah. and their marketing vultures are probably realising that. Thus why at the moment we're seeing all these heritage reissues. Yeah, I think so. So I feel like that's probably where they're going. I mean, why on earth would Rolex release a steel Pepsi when they already had a white gold Pepsi other than to appease the massive nerds who wanted yeah. a steel Pepsi? Like, that, that's the only yeah, reason Yeah, of course, because otherwise it's just excessive. Yeah. There's no it, need. There's no need, because they, they already said that they made those white gold ones, like, once a year, and they were already sold out, so why they, why they care? Yeah. So I feel like, along that same trend, other brands are going to get in, and I, I, I just have a feeling I'm going to see it. It's going to be an Ed White dial. 
and oh. it's going to be 38 to 40 mil. It's going to three to one it, and they're going to sell out before they even release them. I'm going to need to expand my underwear collection. I think I do. I, true. I think I'm going to take out a credit card and buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, genuinely. That's what yeah, was yeah. going to happen. Sure do it. Going. Do it. That's, uh, I, I, that, I, I, that, that, that's one for me. That's yeah, for me, I, I completely agree. So for me, and I think there's one that we both wanted to speak about. So I'm going to save it. One for me. So uh, last summer we went to the Oris pop up with Red Bar. Correct. With Mr. Rolf Shooter, who was there, Lots and of we got beers. to see. Oh. And canapes yeah. galore. It was, it was it was a good event. And also event. quite a lot of Oris watches that they were. Were they pre? Were they? They had some of the pre-release jobs. Yeah. yeah, and one of the ones which I fell in love with was the big crown pointer date mm. in the sort of light blue grey dial. And I think for me the thing I loved about the watch the most was that, for me, I, I, I date windows on the whole I don't mind, but. This watch has a fourth hand that dictates the date with the days of the month being round the outer ring of the dial. And I love that as an execution of telling the date because it's just something that you don't see very often. And I loved this watch. The blue dial version was stunning. But they also had a 36mm version which was marketed at yeah, ladies. Yeah. But they only had it in that weird like minty green dial colour. I mean, yeah. Yeah. as well as I think maybe black as a standard as well and what I would love to see from Oris whether they do it or not is I think that for me I've, I've already decided whether they release the blue dial in the 36 or not it's going to be my next watch mm. for definite but what I would love to see from them and this isn't because I think it's what watch nerds would want or I think what would be marketed well this is purely a selfish choice I would love to have a 36 millimeter big crown pointed date in that blue dial because that blue dial i mean you saw it we were both there it is a very nice looking watch and in that sort of light blue gray dial that's not a dial you see very often i can't think of any other watch that has or any other company that has done a dial in that color that color no no i mean you see you see blues one of the Seiko Spring Drive, they did that weird champagne They did, the sort of the bluey, it's the same, silvery... It's not, yeah. it's not the same, but that's the closest I can think of. Yeah, it. it's a similar yeah. spectrum in terms of light blue, but for me, selfishly, like that watch in a 36, in that blue dial, on a bracelet. I, I feel like Oris have done that before, where they've released something in one side. The Pilot. They first released yeah, yeah, the Pilot yeah. in the massive 44 one, which is correctly the size of the Pilot. Of course. And then... They released it in the 40, yeah. with a different movement, but essentially the same, aesthetically the same watch. So they probably could do that, and I feel like Aura's are probably one of those brands who take themselves seriously enough to recognise the market appeal of you know whatever they're releasing, yeah, yeah. then also keep in the nerdery of it. Because that's why they're doing Big Crown, uh, Big Crown Pointers. That yeah, one's like exactly. the standard thing in like this 70s, 80s, when like, Ronda and all those guys are doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I feel like they exactly. probably could release what you're talking about. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I, I think that I, I would like to think that the popularity of the thirty six as a case size would have piqued their interest enough to think actually look because they released both case sizes in a silver and a black dial, mm. and then the. 
they weren't limited editions, but then they did the they did like a special dark color in each case size, and in the thirty six it was the mint ish green, and the forty was the blue. And actually, there is no reason why they couldn't just go look. We've got these three dark colors, and we have two case sizes. Let's do one of each in both case sizes. Because well, I hope for your sake they do, Felix. I mean, I, I hope am, for you they do. Don't. Basically, this is a personal message to Rolf. Please do it because I will basically when I part when we well when I pass my APC in November I am buying that watch and even if they don't do it in a thirty six I, I wore the forty and actually it wears close it's to a thirty eight yeah, yeah it's not I'll buy it anyway on a bracelet yeah. hands down there's no crown guard so it wears fairly small, yeah exactly it? exactly it's stunning and also it, because it's not modular it's it wears fairly thin. It might be worth saying that at this point, both the watches, Felix and I, are both wearing our 36mm, just if we haven't already said that yet. I think actually, so the biggest watch I have is my my blue dial Seiko, which I think is a 41, but it's it's basically bezel-less, so it wears smaller, but mm. my sweet spot is 36. Whisper. <laughs> Genuinely, like it is where it's it's where it's. It is yeah. it is yeah. such a versatile size. Yeah. Like this slips under the under the cuff. Yeah. It doesn't look like a woman's watch. I mean, this this is meant this it's Amiga, perfect. which it's, you can all see if you go onto Instagram. We have been spamming yeah, this watch on Instagram. Just it's just perfect. Like that is, I, I think it's what I think thirty six millimeter is such a versatile case size. Obviously, Agreed. if if you're the rock and you have wrists that are the size of my thighs, you a thirty six is going to look like a chocolate button on your wrist. Yeah. But for a lot of people, I think there's a stigma against sub forty millimeter cases, which I do not. I just don't understand. I think it's definitely changing. I think it's definitely changing. I think with the rise of vintage, yeah, yeah, people are appreciating more and more, aren't they? Yeah, I think there was a period when. It was all about the big watches when Panerai were knocking about, big Breitlings were knocking about. Yeah, that was when everyone started making well, big they watches. Well, they both still are knocking about, aren't they? They, they are correct. They are <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, but they've all now started reaching smaller sizes. That's they that's have. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. There was a period when they were like, right, let's make it bigger, and now like, oh, okay, let's actually make it smaller. And I yeah, think that's trends are definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is because of the rise of more vintage appreciation. We live in a world that is almost entirely electronic now we're soon going to be getting adverts in our sleep like that's how electronic Wait, our life I think eventually I, my job is going to be obsolete that day yeah you know robots I'd be everyone yeah but I agree entirely I think there is that appreciation for the old times and appreciation for just mm. sheer mechanics without electronics yeah yeah that's what it's like, nostalgia isn't it? like I'm, I'm lying in bed right in my girl and like god that watch is loud and it's, it's, it's just the ticking yeah, it's yeah. the ticking of a mechanical movement. Yeah, there's, yeah, I there's, know what you mean. there's no electricity. There's no petrol. It's just when the world ends, Felix. When the world ends in a nuclear war, batteries are going to run out. Everything's going to run out, and all you're going to have is your body in a mechanical watch. That's all you're going to. Yeah, you're not exactly. going to be able to know what the time no, is. Exactly. And you don't have quartz watches because they've all died out. So you're going to have exactly. to go and get mechanical. Watch. I mean, I if the world ends. I'd, I'm raiding Rochester, Switzerland. Like I get, oh, mate, like, I'm I, taking mate, everything. I'm going. I, I'm going. I'm going to my parents, nicking my dad's shotgun, going to watch the Switzerland, and yeah. going. Give, give me all of your '60s GMT Masters. Yeah, yeah. Take it all. 
I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go, because there's one, not the Knightsbridge one, the Regent Street one, there was a fish 970. I mean, this was a few months ago, to be fair. But that would, you know, I'd be going there, I'd take oh, yeah. them, I'd take some spot. I mean, I've already got my sporty seeker that I wear whilst I'm killing people. I'd, I'd take that. You have that on, of course. I mean, I wear them on my leg. That's your um, apocalypse watch. It is, yeah. If you were to have, so... We've definitely gone on a tangent here. We have, but that's <laughs> fine, that's fine. So, North Korea and Trump, because frankly he's an asshole. when him and Kim Jong-un fall out and there's, the world goes into nuclear meltdown, this is all hypothetical. Ish. Ish. One watch you can save and wear with you through the zombie apocalypse. Are we talking our own collection or just in general? Okay, like any, like first anything. we'll do our own collection and then we'll go on to Money No Object, yeah. any watch. But if it, it's going to be the same answer for you. It's like my Seamaster will be with me. See, I thought you were going to go with your PVD Seiko. Well, no, because I love my Seamaster. I just don't wear the Seamaster as much on messy nights out because I don't want to lose it. That's the only reason. Yeah, yeah, true, true. That watch brings me so much joy, Felix. It's so thin. It's a diver, right. it's, and yet it's it so is, thin. It, it's a stunner. In the blue, it's, it's like... You it's can't like describe how blue seen. it is no. without seeing it. It's amazing. And it's just, you know, it's, it, 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 it fits lovely, the bracelet. Some people think it looks ugly. I maybe at one point thought it did as well. But then when you actually wear it, it you realise yeah, yeah. the reason it's so thin in the links is because it just makes it more comfortable. Exactly. I mean, I love that secret of pieces, but if I had to choose one... That I was going to fight zombies with, and swim through trenches. Yeah, and all yeah. that. The ceramic is scratchless. So exactly. Shit out of it. Yeah. And it'd still be fine. Exactly. Now it still look like Pierce Brosnan at the end. Obviously. Of course. I mean, I'm not Irish. I'm not six foot two, and I don't have black hair. But I'd still look like Pierce Brosnan. Well, I mean, you're wearing an Amiga Seamaster, so of course you do. Correct, Felix. Correct. I mean, because that's say. Correct. I mean, unpredict. Well, predictably, in the same vein, I would go with myself. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's the same. I feel like when it when this question comes back, and we've got something like I've got my Polar Explorer two, oh yeah, and you've got the Aorus Pointer or Nautilus you know whatever is yeah, yeah you know okay. whatever is in the spec. Well, that's the thing. Where would it go? Where would it go after that? Like an Explorer two. I think I think that would be your next big watch purchase. Oh no no it is no I'm saying like without I'm saying like if the zombie apocalypse is coming. Would you wear a Nautilus? Would you wear a Royal Oak? I th- I'm not... G- genuinely, I think I would... Oh, no, because actually I was going to say G-Shock, but actually that's a quartz it's watch. It's a quartz, so it's going to die. <laughs> it's going to die, Philly. You know what? Fucking Aquanaut. Aquanaut over what Nautilus. Do. That's what you'd do. You wouldn't wear no, a Nautilus fine. You know what? And it, this is not because I like it as a watch, because I hate it as a watch, but the Richard Mille Stallone... The zero twenty eight. Oh, the big old, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, it's like got a compass and all. Yeah, yeah. tablets. That would be it. That is the zombie apocalypse. That's how you survive zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, that's a zombie apocalypse, and also you're incredibly wealthy because they're like a hundred and twenty. Money doesn't matter at this point, Felix. This, this is exactly. This is the end of the economy. There's no. Then I'm, I'm, I'm getting two of them, four of them because I've got two ankles as well as two that's wrists, true. and then I've got four times the amount of water purification tablets. Would you not want like a a Nautilus one ankle just, just for just, a bit of style just a cheeky one yeah just, just a cheeky yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. just just yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest what I'd probably do is I would buy like four 
presidential vintage day adjusts is it? and is it? A t- like lay them out, like to touch the clasps and lay them out flat, and then I connect all of them into one big <laughs> ring of 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 presidents, just and then it. just wear it a necklace, <laughs> <laughs> just to be like. You. But no, no one cares at this point. You're fighting for food, like yeah, yeah. yeah but if I've got the opportunity, yeah, if yeah, there's yeah. any opportunity yeah, to get yeah. four presidents for free, yeah, that's the time. Yeah. So I'm milking that. Yeah. As we said, you're going to watch of Switzerland. I'm probably going to watch Finder. I'm just having a field day. Or Burlington Arcade. Well, quite a lot. The What's Finder stuff is in a vault somewhere. They don't keep most of the stuff in stores. Yeah, but the thing. if it's a, the apocalypse and I don't yeah, have to go into work tomorrow, yeah, yeah, I've you, got the time. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I mean, <laughs> I'm probably not worried about going into work. I'm probably like, you know what, I'm going to find the watch. There's not much cost consultancy to be done when Armageddon's kicking off. Yeah. I mean, if anything, the amount of work I'd have would diminish very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. When things are getting flattened. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, third question. <laughs> Tangent it, galore. There's eight minutes left. Well... Seven. So I think the last one is, as we all know, the Black Bay Fifty Eight from Tudor mm. was released mm. recently last year. and last year. last year, and that was. I think that is probably the most. That's the closest modern interpretation of a vintage Samariner. Six five zero eight. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Big crown, red pointed. Yeah, and as we all know, that's uh, well, as we both know, that's incredibly popular. And I think I was leaning towards more that they release it in a different in different dial colours, and you were leaning more towards the possibility of a GMT, weren't you? I have, I have two things. One of them is the one that you're going to say I know, the one with the original hands. That if you had that without now, don't you? I love the gold inserts yeah. on the current one because that makes it look a bit vintagey. And also, a little fact that no one seems to pick up that much, the rivet bracelet. That got it for me immediately, because the old school, for those of you who've tried on really old Rolex oysters, the bracelets are really, really pretty bad. Oh, yeah. They've got the rivets, and it looks sexy, but they're stretchy, and they're really flimsy. Do you remember that Tudor I got nicked? I had an original uh, 70s oyster shaft from that, and it was the most delicate thing on the planet. So what did Tudor do? They reissue the same style, pretty much the same width from what I remember, but then it was just so much more solid and it was so much exactly. more reliable. Exactly. And I thought that was mint. They had the gold detail, yeah, okay, great. If they got rid of the gold detail, kept the same case size, and then put the new dial, which you were talking about before, yeah, yeah. That, that would oh. be bloody. Because the thing, they did it in the, um, the One Watch auction, didn't they? Yes, they did. It was that kind of idea. If they did that in a production oh. model, that would be pretty oh, naughty. Just imagine. That would be pretty naughty. It would. It would. But then the other one, is, is, is you were saying, was the GMT. The GMT they did, Pepsi, I loved it due to the fact that the Rolex Pepsi they did was still aimed at the really high end of the market. Well, and al- yeah, and also it wasn't. It was purple and red. Yeah, it wasn't Not quite blue, blue and red. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they they strayed too far away from. They did the roots of a Pepsi. They did. Yeah. And then with the Tudor one, there was no crown guard, so it's still the big crown pointer idea, which obviously they had in the Black Bay. But if you put it in GMT, people immediately go, oh, oh. That's a 1675 right there. That's what that is. Yeah. No exactly. crown guards. 
and it was lovely. I remember seeing it aesthetically, and I remember I was doing those site visits in East London, and I was talking yeah, to yeah. you and Ilkay, and I was like, oh my God, it's really, oh my God, oh my God. And then I remember seeing the case sizes of it, yeah, and the yeah. Tudor was bigger than the Rolex one was. It was like 43 mil, and we tried it on in the Amiga thing, and it was thick. It was like Yes, a, because we met that Dutch chap, didn't yeah, we, who bought did. one at retail. Oh, it was it was good. I mean, it's it's lovely, but I just feel like it was like 13 mil thick. It was like a Valjoux movement. They are thick. chunky. And it was 41, 42. So it looked outstanding, but it's pretty big on the wrist. And if they whack that movement in that bezel into a 58, just imagine what that'd be like. Just imagine, oh. just imagine Felix. I think that just is the definition of horny horology. It is the definition. That would of be. That's what. That's cool. Will they do it? I think probably not. But I, I don't. I think that's less likely. But I guarantee they will have different dial colours of the fifty-eight because they only release a black version. There will be some. They, they will do something in the fifty-eight space for definite. Do you know what they could do? What? They could do a root beer version of the GMT. As, you know, that's a good point. I was actually thinking about the 58 and going full bimetal with like a root beery dial, like the brownie tobacco-y dial <laughs> with a yellow. But they wouldn't do a two-bezel, a two-colour bezel on a sob, would they? But yeah, it, still, if they did a root beer on the Pepsi one. I just, I just feel yeah, like Rolex yeah. and Tudor yeah, are listening point. to the nerds. I feel like they... I think Tudor are more than Rolex. Yeah. Well, they've got more... Uh, they've got less risk. You know, oh, yeah, completely, carries. completely. Like, I feel like Tudor, they're sort of like, right, you've got creative freedom to just go for whatever you want. Oh, I don't know. Be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I think it's going to be very exciting. I mean, I feel like we need to another episode where we delve into Swatch leaving. And, I mean, there are other brands we haven't spoken about. I mean, we Probably could talk for hours about Basil, but... I think we need to... Um... We have talked for an hour without covering very much stuff we could talk about. Oh, mate, we, 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 that's the thing. It's we have so many episodes in the tank that we haven't even spoken yeah, about. Yeah, we could just yeah. talk for hours and hours and hours. That's true. Um, like, that's the thing. Like, We could just go on and on and on. And actually, that's no bad thing because it means that we have just, we're sitting on mm. episodes. Like, this is, this is... We've still got a few more. A few more on this. A few more on this. We also need to get our other esteemed member of the setup, Ilkai, involved. I think the conference calls would work if you got they're not this is this is for another time. But um I feel like Joe Rogan podcasts are three hours long. Mm. So you can cover more in those time. How long are the Hodinki podcasts? Like, like Around about an hour. About an hour yeah, yeah, normally. I feel like they're, Bit less, over. they're less rambly maybe than we are. I think they're more structured. I mean yeah. look I, I I am very happy to carry on these just just talking. Mm. I don't. I think. I don't think we need structure because we've got enough to talk about. Yeah. Just off the bat, that we don't yeah. need to go. This is what we're talking about. That's all we're going to talk about. Done. It's true. I'm happy just to ramble. I'm happy to ramble. If but, anyone's happy to listen to us ramble, well, then that's great. And this episode <laughs> is going to do that. This is yeah. going to be the. Uh, to be honest, even if people reply and, or you know give us feedback and say that was shit, is it going to stop us? Maybe not. Maybe no, not, Felix. No. Maybe not. Because we don't care who listens. No. It just gives us more of an opportunity and a reason to talk about watches. Yeah. Which we love. But buy the Amiga C Master on the website. Yeah. Yeah, go to the youngherologists.co.uk. No, dot com. I don't even know my own website. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
go to theyounghorologists.com or our Instagram at theyounghorologists mm. and check out the photos because we spam it a lot with the photos of this watch. And just in and, general. Uh, just, just, well, and just also, actually, if you want the best pilot's watch on the market for less than £500, go to our Instagram because we actually have the Young Horologists Flieger Type A. So, everyone, apologies for that episode cutting out. As we mentioned, this is the first episode of the podcast that we had recorded. And what we failed to take into account is that the app that we're using to record them, for some reason, after the 60-minute mark, it decides to just completely cut out the recording and end it. So although we were getting to the point of wrapping up anyway, we didn't appreciate this and therefore didn't have a chance to actually wrap up and conclude our first episode. Luckily, we were not in the middle of a conversation about Basel World. We were rambling anyway. Um, so instead of trying to carry on with the conversation we were having, um, which was about, as we said, our young horologist's type A Flieger watch, which is a fantastic watch, and if you are interested in it and want to find out more, go to our Instagram, which is at the young horologists, and check it out, and uh, drop us a message if you would like one. They are made to order, and yeah, we can get one to you whenever you would like. Uh, they are available. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening to this first episode. As a caveat, this was the first episode that we've recorded, so apologies if there was... Well, I know there was background noise from, you know, watches catching on the table, etc. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed the content. We didn't, as we said, keep it as structured as we had intended to do. Um, but I, I don't think that uh, we rambled too much. Um, we will try and bring you another episode next week where we may or may not have more structured conversation to talk about. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, check us out at our Instagram account, as I just mentioned, and also check out our blog. We post three articles a week when we can. Um, educational pieces, reviews, um, top fives. We do a couple of mini-series. It's basically just us writing about what we love. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will see you next week, hopefully, for another episode. And don't forget to watch this space.